Welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Steph Fairbairn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. This episode, Robert Williams, assistant coach at Brookhaven College in Dallas, is my guest. Robert, along with head coach Jimmy Elder, took on the Brookhaven team in 2015 when it was struggling. Since then, they've won three national titles and the conference five years in a row. I caught up with Robert to talk about the journey the program has been on, the important role of junior colleges, and how to be an effective assistant. Robert, welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's a a pleasure to have you. Um, I was wondering if you could start by speaking a bit about you, your coaching journey, and your current coaching roles. Yeah, um, well, my coaching journey began, wow, a <laughs> long time ago, long time ago. I think I was uh, 18 or 19 at the time, you know, born and raised in Bermuda. Um, so I started coaching my uh, local club, the club um, that I came through as a player. Um, it was always a, a successful club, but then we lost our, our youth program for a while. So one of the players that I looked up to, um, one of the senior team players at the time who I looked up to, um, found out that he was interested in starting a youth program back up. So um, so from there, I, you know, decided to become his assistant. You know, he let me on and we started off at U11, uh, U11 boys. Um, and it was fun. I, I, like, I really enjoyed it, started getting a real passion for it. Um, then I took that group um from U11s all the way up to U21s. Um, then after the U21s, I went back to grassroots, like like PB football. So, you know, took them down to, started at U7s. Then it was great. I, I absolutely loved it, of course. Um, then I had gotten a new job. I was a, you know, prison officer in, in Bermuda. So, you know, shift work took me away from, from coaching. So um, it was hard because I wasn't able to do it as much as I wanted to. So, um, for that, I was just in and out a bit. Um, then after I moved to, to the U S, um, I decided that I really wanted to get back into coaching. Um, but obviously didn't know how the U S coaching system worked. So, um, I was attending and working at, uh, Brookhaven college, you know, at the time and FC Dallas, their youth, teams uh the youth program rents our fields so i went out there asked about it but just just wasn't the right vibe at the time so funny enough i saw one of the brookhaven uh, college soccer players in the parking lot and i went to her and i was like hey do you guys need any help and it's like yeah well we just got got a new coach new head coach and he doesn't have an assistant so um i went over there i met with the uh, head coach at the time I mean, still the head coach now and talk to him about joining in and helping him. And it's like, yeah, well, he heard my accent. So it's like, well, it's not a, you know, a British accent. So he must know something about football. So, you know, he brought me on and um, it's just been a great journey, you know, ever since. Um, so learning a lot from the head coach. He used to play professionally. You know, he played at a high level in college. Um, so he came on board. He's, he's used to winning. So, you know, us having both having winning mentalities helped but 2015 Brookhaven was a horrible program it was was not a good program you know we we inherited a mess um but from there we turned the program around and 2016 we brought in our first recruit class 
um, 22 freshmen, one returning player and one transfer in. And that year finished second conference, first time in skills history. Um, we won the regional tournament, first time in skills history, um, beating the um, team that's dominated conference well. And we went to our first national tournament and finished third place. So it was great. In 2017, came in, we won conference, first time in skills history, won the conference tournament again and won the national tournament. So it's just it's just been great. Um but again, it's it's going off from from what the head coach does and, and learning and evaluating and learning the system. So from me learning, taking a keen interest has helped me to get out there. And I do um, most of the recruiting now because, you know, I've learned. That's awesome. And I'm going to, yeah, we're going to pick back up on that and talk more about the assistant role. But one thing that you said that I wanted to touch on is you work with a team from U11s to U21s. That yes. is that is a really long time. What was it like seeing players kind of across a ten year journey develop? Uh, it, it was amazing. I mean, obviously, it, it's football, right? Some players are going to be great. Some players aren't. You know, some players leave, some players stay. But the biggest accomplishment for me is seeing um, was watching a lot of the young players that I coached from U 11s become uh, members of the senior team. I mean, and then to see them go out there with the senior team and win trophies with the senior team makes it even better because, like, I, I had a hand in that journey. Like, the, the things that I'd done, no matter how big or how small, helped develop those players into, you know, senior team players. And some have even gone on to represent the Bermuda national team. So it's, it's like one of the greatest joys as a coach, like, for real. That's great. So let's, yeah, let's talk about the assistant role. A, a bit then I guess um I'll start with quite a broad question for, for you what does an effective assistant coach do an effective assistant coach follows the lead really I mean you, you have to follow the lead but at the same time you have to have um you have to form your own opinion you have to be a good partner right so you have to figure out that okay maybe this isn't working and maybe the head coach um, maybe if it's said in this way or for whatever reason, it's like it should be this way all the time. But then you have to be able to reason and be like, okay, I understand that approach, but let's try this approach. You know, so it's it's just about um, really bonding and, and having the right chemistry. Um, the head coach sets out the task, you follow the task, you know, and you have to do it as effectively as possible, you know. At the same time, you want to position yourself to be a head uh, a head coach as well, you know, in the future. So you have to be able to follow and take orders and do them effectively. But at the same time, being able to lead when it's time to, to lead, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And actually, that's something I was going to ask you because I've spoken to quite a few people who are in assistant roles and they say, you know, they're quite uncomfortable with the thing about, oh, you, you know, you're just an assistant role to then move up. Some people like really shine in assistant roles and kind of that's the space for them. Um, I guess what what's your take on that, on people either, you know, wanting to step up or being really content in an assistant role? I mean, I guess it's whatever you feel most confident in, you know, if, and it's reality. If you feel confident as, okay, I'm just going to be an assistant. I'm going to stay an assistant because I'm, I'm really good at it. They just want to stay there. I mean, it's all fine and dandy, right? It's, you know, enough respect to them. 
But if you want to move on, on to the next level, you have to be able to go up, step up a notch and be able to, you know, just grab the reins and, and be able to do it. And it's not that easy. You look at any major sport in the world, um, coaches that have been assistants for, for so long, then they become head coaches themselves and they fail miserably. Um, it could be a couple of things. It could be a mental thing. Maybe sometimes they just weren't ready for, for that that role yet. Um, and again, some are just content with being assistants. I mean, I don't plan on being an assistant forever, but I know I'm probably not ready because it's still a lot more to learn. Like you never stop learning. I don't care how old you get, how much experience you believe you have, you never stop learning. And I believe that you, you have to continuously learn. And it's good to be able to, you know, if the head coach is not there for whatever reason, then that's your time to step up and that's your time to shine. So you have to do it um, effectively. But if you take all the teachings from, from the head coach, as, along with whatever you've learned yourself, then that should be able to turn you into an effective head coach. And then for, I guess, some head coaches that fail, it's like, did you take the right job at the, at the wrong time or wrong job at the right, like, whatever, however it goes, but maybe that maybe program you took wasn't the right fit for you. Maybe it didn't fit your culture and everything that you're used to. So that may have a hindrance as well. Yeah. And on that point about culture and you mentioned ethos before. So how have you and your head coach worked together to kind of figure out what your joint ethos is and what, you know, the best ways for you to work together um, to, to integrate that within the team? Active communication. Like we, we talk every time we talk every day. I mean, it's like a father figure to me, you know, like a best friend to me. So uh, it's like nothing we don't talk about when it comes to the team. It's like always, it's like constant, even in off season, it's always preparing for, for next. Like we just had a meeting, a breakfast meeting with our coaches, um, the other assistant coaches last week about what can we do better next season. Like every season is different and you learn stuff. So maybe this was an issue this season. So we don't want to deal with that again. So we'll do, we'll make changes for next season. And obviously we get input from the other uh, coaches as well um, to make things effective, but it's about valuing everybody's opinion and um, having a target and a goal in mind and accessing that. So you want to get to that goal and you want to achieve it in the best possible way. So it's just about being effective, but definitely proper and steady communication. And do you, how much do you talk to your head coach about your kind of ambitions to be a head coach and set career plans and development plans and see how he can help you get there? Uh, we, 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 we talk about it. Um, we discuss it that like, um, you know, as my, my ambitions and I do want to become a, a head coach um, eventually. So I'm putting myself in position, you know, obviously learning more, obviously trying to take as many courses as I can, obviously studying you know, YouTube's a great help. You know, you learn from like good coaches and um, just different tactics and coaching styles and and everything. So um, uh, the discussion is there. He, he knows how, how I feel about it. Um, again, it's when I feel that it's that the time is right. And it's also what the type of type of coach you want to be. Like, obviously, Jurgen Klopp's my idol. I <laughs> absolutely love Jurgen. And so I want to be like, and, and that's me. Like, I love my players. I'll give my players hugs and everything. Obviously, when it's time to get serious, you have to get serious. But I, I want to be that, that coach that's, like, super approachable. And it's just love. I just have a passion for the game. I just absolutely just love the game. And it's if you can't have fun doing your job, then I don't think you can ever be effective. You have to truly love it 
and truly have fun with it and be able to be that effective. You mentioned their relationships with players and is there, do you have a different relationship with the players to the relationship that the head coach has, has with the players? Yes, I, I would say yes, because um, obviously he's the head coach and um, obviously we're friendly with, with our girls. We, we love our girls. I mean, it's a great team and, and it's family, but the head coach, I mean, you still got to be the head coach. So you got to be more of the um, authoritative figure to whereas I, the assistant coach, it's more like I, I can take stuff from, from the head coach and pass it on to, to the players and vice versa. If the players don't feel comfortable with the head coach, they can come to me as, as the middleman. So, um, again, it's, it's being effective. You have to be a great assistant to the head coach, but obviously a great coach to to, to the players. So, um, yeah, I think my relationships are, are it's a little different. And then, obviously, coming from the islands, it's a lot more laid back and chill. So it's uh, sometimes it's a different vibe, and sometimes it's just easier for them to come to me because of my personality. But trust me, when it's time to get hard on them, I get hard on them because they need it. But for the most part, they know us. So I was like, yeah, you know, more island boys who do island boy things and just relax. So. <laughs> and what's your split like then between time on the grass, time on admin? You mentioned recruitment before. What does your kind of what does a day in the life look like? I guess <laughs> it's, it's a it's a lot. It, it gets stressful, really. Um, see, for the most part, we're on the pitch. You know, we try to be on the pitch as much as possible. You know, training sessions, everything. So it's it's a mixture. So that's on a normal training day. Uh, we're on the field maybe hour, hour and a half before practice starts, like getting everything set up and everything. And then obviously after practice, we're probably there for another hour off the field. Um, beforehand, um, in the office, probably um, devise whatever the uh, practice plans are going to be for the day, for, for the week. Um, usually the head coach comes up with that stuff like the night before. So we already know going to the office, this is going to be the plan for the day and we have everything set up and we discuss it, how we're going to break it up. Um, you know, obviously the goalie, Goalie coach is going to go with the goalkeepers. Um, maybe this coach is going to deal with the defenders today. Maybe um, I'll do with the midfielders. The other coach will deal with the forwards. Um, so it's very organized and structured um, how we do it. But admin stuff, I mean, during the season, it's, it's stressful, obviously, because you're talking about travel. You know, so travel paperwork, meal money. Uh, if you stay in hotels, you got to get the hotels st- sorted out. Um, got to make sure that all the players have their travel forms and everything. it's crazy. Preseason is even worse because it's so much paperwork for the NJCA that we have to do. So trying to make sure all that's organized and stuff. I mean, it's a task on its own. Then obviously, you know, we're not a massive university. So you even have to deal with stuff like um, gear and equipment and laundry and stuff. So it, it's a lot. Players don't really understand how much work coaches have to do but it's so like it can be stressful at times but if you win at the end of the season then it's it's all worth it I was wondering as well if if some coaches don't because actually I was thinking so I coach grassroots and I'm I'm always like I wish someone had told me how much involvement I'd have with the parents when I before I started and do you think there are things you wish someone had told you before you stepped into that role maybe around the admin side or other things I guess you don't expect when you're thinking about becoming a coach um definitely the amount of admin stuff that you have to do at a college because again it's the liability it's the paperwork it's this and that I mean it's it's a lot 
you know, obviously you got to make sure the girls in their class, just make sure they're in the right hours. And then obviously you got to check up on them to make sure that they're paying attention in classes and not failing. And then on top of that, um, because we're only a two-year school, it's a high turnover rate, but it's constantly being in contact with uh, coaches at four-year schools to get your girls recruited and find them the right fit and all that stuff. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot that people just, I mean, sometimes I just come home. I'm just like, I'm just ready for bed. I'm just so like mentally tired. But again, if, if you love it, that mental tiredness, it's not really that bad especially if you have a successful program. But yeah, I wish that I don't know about all that crazy admin stuff ahead of time. Would have changed my mind? No, at least I probably just would have been better prepared for it. What's your take as well on specializing? So I know, you know, there's a lot of head coaches that are maybe defense is their strong point and they get an assistant coach that is, you know, attacking is their strong point and that they kind of fit together perfectly. What's, yeah, what's your take on, assistant coaches may be looking to progress specializing or do you think they need to get experience across the board? I say experience across the board because um, it's always best to have experience across the board. You, you never, if you're strictly an offensive coach or strictly a defensive coach or maybe strictly a goalkeeping coach, then you're limited, right? Because, okay, you're only ever going to be good at, at that one thing. I mean, obviously you'll learn the other things, but you just specialize in that you're discrediting yourself. So you should be able to know everything because then if you bring in that assistant coach, if you're a defensive coach, you bring in an assistant coach that's offensive, but if something happens, it doesn't work out with that coach or that coach takes ill of like anything can happen. What are you going to do now? I mean, it's, it's football. You have to know every aspect of it. So I think if you, specialize in, in something specialize in that one thing I think you do yourself a huge disservice you mentioned at the start as well how you kind of turned the program around from from when you guys first first went in um what has that experience been like did you go in with a five-year plan or was it very much a step-by-step approach the um I wish it was a five-year plan like clock <laughs> you know but um no it was not even in a five-year plan, it was after that first season, it was like, no, we want to win, and we want to win now. So, um, again, after that first year inheriting a team, I mean, when I say inherited a team, like, we literally had to go around campus and look for girls that had on, like, football jerseys, and or if they looked athletic, hey, have you ever played soccer before? Like, uh, a little bit. Okay, you're on the team. I mean, that's how bad it was to the next season bringing in like club players and really good high school players coming in to turn the program around. So the change was fast because of our style and um, the culture that we have. And again, very fresh recruit class, we went to national tournament, finished third. The second recruit class, we won the national tournament. Third class, we went undefeated, but we lost in our regional final. Fourth class, we went undefeated and won everything. No fifth class, we went undefeated but lost in the regional final. And then the next class, I mean, no, we lost in the national tournament final. And then this past season, we went back and got revenge in the final. So we won so three national titles in five years. We won the conference our conference five years in a row. So it's it's been a massive turnaround. But again, it's 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 culture, it's what we ingrain in our players. It's like you come here, nothing's guaranteed, right? But you have a chance to win a national title if you come play for us. 
and every group of players that has come to us has, has stayed for two years, has a national championship ring. So we told this last class in November, you don't want to be that only class not to win it. So you better get back up to New York and get revenge. And, and they did it. Success breeds success. So because we're successful, every year we're able to bring in higher level players, players that may not necessarily consider uh, a junior college as an option. Now it's like, hey, I can come to Brookhaven. I can play at a really good level, play against good teams. I can win a national title. And then I can move on to a good four-year school. Like, I mean, this season we've had girls commit to D1, D2, um, and NAIA schools on really good money. One of my players this year, the most she's going to be playing, paying for college next year is like three grand for the year. So because we're so successful, they get good scholarship offers. And obviously going forward, that helps us in the long run bring in higher quality players. And obviously higher quality players allows your program to um, sustain success. When are you guys getting a Netflix special? You should have had a season on the turnaround. <laughs> it would be nice. I'm going to have to uh, see who the CEO is, send him an email. <laughs> yeah. So what would, you know, say there's a coach um, in the position that you were a few years ago, stepping into a program that's not doing so well, what would your advice be to them for approaching that? You have to go in with a winner's mentality. Um, it's easier said, said than done. I mean, I think we're blessed because we're like in Dallas, in North Texas, and it's so much great soccer players around here. So we can always pull. Like even if the top schools get the better players, it's still enough quality for us to be successful. But but it's not easy. And I know coaches, even coaches that are friends of mine, they've taken over programs and they just don't get the, the same level of, of success. But you can't let that discourage you. Like you have to have a, a winner's mentality and you got to go out there and believe that you can get these players to turn your program around. I mean, 2015, again, we were horrible. In 2016, like you're going out and trying to convince players to come to a college that has never won anything that, you know, people use this college to get goal difference on, but you can't let, let that discourage you. It only starts with a few. You may get a couple really good players and then some average players. But obviously, you have to turn the good players into great players with your coaching. If you turn the average players into good players, you know, and, and that's what you have to do. But it takes a lot of work and takes a lot of dedication. But I believe if you if you stick to it, there's no way you can't not be successful. My biggest fear, honestly, my biggest fear is not being successful. My biggest fear is not getting to the national tournament and not winning. And we're not entitled. So, like, it's no guarantee that we have to like we have to be there. But. With our coaching, our mentality, um, I believe every single year we should be at the national tournament competing for the national title, and that's what drives me in my recruitment. And what does success for you look like in terms of your coaching career as an individual? You mentioned wanting to be a head coach, but I guess what's the what are the heights you want to hit? Um, honestly, like some coaches have ambition to they want to go to a D two school, D one school, and do all that type of stuff for me. I mean, I'm happy. I actually really, really love junior college. I love it. It's my passion. And it's more because I have the opportunity to give players a chance that are not being actively recruited by big four-year schools. So I give them a chance to show these schools why they missed out on them. And granted, some of these players do need a bit more development. This is where junior college comes into play because if you get tears to development at a really good JUCO like we are, 
And after two years, you're two years faster, two years stronger, two years more technical, um, like all that stuff helps. And then you end up going on to that four-year school, sometimes on better money than some of your classmates that went straight to a four-year school and you have better careers. So for me, my thing is once the head coach here decides to, um, you know, retire, my ultimate dream would be to take over from him just because, I mean, I've been coaching her since 2015. I absolutely know everything in and out. I, I love it. And again, I just love, you know, community college. I love junior college because um, it's like last chance you, you just give players a chance. And if, if I can do that and still win trophies, then I've had a very successful career. Final question then. And I guess I could phrase it two ways. One would be what would be your top tips for coaches working in an assistant role? But I suppose the same question is if you were the head coach looking to hire an assistant, what kind of qualities would you be looking for? Obviously, um, are you an effective listener? And then once you listen, can you take what you've learned and put out on the field, either in games, training sessions, in in whatever it takes to to be to become effective you know um that's that's one thing um obviously qualities you have to be a people person you have to be a people person you have to know how to manage different personalities um you also have to recognize that i may be able to talk to a player this way but i can't talk to this player the same way i talk to that player you have to recognize that you have to deal with some some players differently i mean some kids grew up tougher so you can like really get on them at a certain way but the other ones maybe they didn't so if you get on them like that it may like kill their whole spirit so you have to approach them differently um so you just have to read the room you know read your players really know, know your players um obviously you have to have have the knowledge um let's see and you have to have the drive you have to have the drive and, and the will to, to be successful i think any coach if you have the drive and the will to be successful, once you get in, you're going to learn because you're going to hit the ground running. It's like, I want to learn and I want to be successful. And I think the easiest way to summarize it is um, you just have to have, again, the drive, the drive and the will, like simple. I think that'll just sum it up because if you don't have that, you're never going to be successful. And you can't take the job for the pay because obviously in a college coach, just <laughs> you don't get paid that well. But absolutely have to love what you do and i absolutely love what i do i mean obviously i love it more because you know we win a lot <laughs> you know we're super successful it makes it easier but i mean that's just the mentality that you need to have that was the voice of robert williams thanks to robert for his time and thanks to you for listening to the soccer coach weekly podcast for more from us join us again next week or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews, and much more. I'm Steph Fairbairn. See you again soon.